God calls us all to a particular vocation. Sometimes it's difficult to discern. For the next hour, Father Stephen DeLacy, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, will discuss the unique calling to the priesthood and religious life. And now here is your host for the Vocation Hour, Father Stephen DeLacy. Uh, hello and welcome to the uh, the Vocation Hour. We have a great show in store for you today. We have two men of God who are about to be ordained priests. The the the, the church is anticipating this moment with uh, with great enthusiasm, and uh, and at this point we are uh, just about two weeks away from their uh, them being ordained priests. So we're going to get to to meet them in a little bit, but. Uh, 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 one of the, 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 the priests in our archdiocese, Father B.J. Taglinetti, who is uh, an outstanding professor at the seminary and, uh, and just an all-around great guy, uh, when the weekend that he was ordained a priest, uh, he was, um, you know, he was ordained on the weekend of Trinity, uh, you know, Trinity Sunday, as it's called, the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, which is actually this coming Sunday. And, uh, and so, you know, with that, the, the, the priest that preached his first Mass, he stepped up and said, Everyone thinks this is about Father Taglinetti today. And he said, it's not. It's all about the Trinity, right? And, and everything that we do in, in our faith, it really is all about the Trinity. Father Krasarczyk, who is a current professor at the seminary, and he was one of my professors when I was going to the seminary, he really challenged us. He said, like, you know, the, as Catholics, we're called then to have a distinct relationship with each person of the Trinity. And, 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 you know, with that challenge and, and unpacking that, how do we engage the Trinity and, and have a distinct relationship with, with each person of the Trinity? We know there's one God. Um, our one God is three persons. And, and we relate then, you know, really the way the, the pattern of the mass teaches us, informs us how to relate in a distinct way with each person of the Trinity. So, you know, at the mass, the majority of the prayers are going to God the Father. So everything that we do is for the glorification of God the Father and then seeking to do the will of God the Father. It's all about pleasing him, recognizing that he's a good father that loves his children and he blesses us abundantly. And that we also recognize that we're creatures and God is owed uh, you know, praise you know, and, and worship. And, and so we, the Mass is powerfully an act of worship. So our lives should be all about worshiping God the Father seeking his will and glorifying him why is that because jesus the son has become man and he shows us how to glorify god the father he, he he's the perfect one that always has done the will of god the father in a perfect way and at mass we are united with jesus through with and in jesus to be precise uh, as we receive the love of god the father and then through with and in jesus worshiping God the Father the way Jesus himself is pouring himself out in an act of love for God the Father. And so really uh, up until the celebration of the Mass, our worship would be, God, we praise you. We can, see, we can use our words. Our words uh, you know, are so finite, they barely scratch the surface of our infinite, majestic God that, that left to ourselves, we can't worship God in an effective way. But because of the incarnation, because of the Son, you know, and we're able to offer the sacrifice of the cross to God the Father, every time we celebrate Mass, we're engaging in perfect worship. And then, you know, all of this is being animated by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that worked through, you know, 
the revealed writers, you know, the 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 authors of the of the inspired scripture. He's the inspirer of that. He animates all of us through you know the, through the sacraments that we receive. It gives us the ability to be united with Jesus and and to to, to pray in the person of Jesus. You know, through the ordained minister, the Holy Spirit, you know,'s power ordains us and that for us to be able to act in the person of Christ. And and he's animating all of our personal engagement of the liturgy to the extent that we 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 have a sense of God's knowledge that we know what's going on, uh, with to the sense that we're in awe of what, what is going on. That's all gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are called then to animate us more and more, which we just celebrated this past Sunday at Pentecost. Anyway, so so talking about the Trinity is just so much fun to do, and and we should be pondering the Trinity. The Trinity is a ministry, so we're, we're never going to figure it out, so we should never approach it as like, how does this work, and, and how do I explain it, and that type of thing. It's, it's revealed. We know it's true. We call, we're called to accept it, but then we're, we're called to ponder and contemplate the reality of the Trinity, and that, that you know, the Mass is the, the perfect place for us to, to understand that 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 the key relate the ways we relate to each distinct person of the Trinity. Well, praise God, two men of God that know a lot about relating to the persons of the Trinity. Um, we have Deacon Louis Monica here, and then Deacon August Taglinetti, who is the nephew of Father Taglinetti, who I, I referenced just a, a few minutes ago. These two men of God are awesome. They're going to be a blessing to the church. They're already blessings to the church as deacons and seminarians, so they're going to be great blessings to the church um, as priests. They're coming shortly to a parish near you, so stay tuned for, for where they get, get assigned. And so, you know, Deacon August, Deacon Lou, uh, welcome to the Vocation Hour. Thank you, Father, very much. It's good to be here with you. Good morning, Father. Thank you. God bless you guys. So, well, you know, as, as you know, is, is a normal experience here, we're used to hearing guys' vocation stories. So, Deacon Lou, do you mind giving us your vocation story first? And then Deacon August, do you mind following up after that? Not at all. Um, so my, my story really begins, um, a lot of people ask, you know, when's the first time you thought about being a priest or becoming a priest? And um, to be perfectly honest, I can't really remember when the first time was. I, I just always remember wanting to be a priest. So pretty, pretty much as far back as I can remember, uh, there was always some inkling that this was what I thought I wanted to do and what God was calling me to do. And as I grew and matured and went to high school and then um, started to really think seriously about the seminary, um, that desire and that sense of a calling got stronger and stronger as I got older um, and it never went away. It just, it continued to develop and to, to strengthen in my heart. And uh, my understanding of that also uh, grew deeper and deeper as I got older. I think at first it was sort of an initial external attraction, um, you know, as a little boy seeing the priest at mass in the vestments and seeing him kind of moving around. He was sort of the focal point um, for me as a child so being engaged that way on an, on an external and a visual level was attractive. Um, so I think that was the initial point of, uh, of attraction for me. And then as I got older and was able to understand more about what the priest does um, and what, act, what the mass is, then, you know, that just got stronger and deeper. 
But I think at first it was a very innocent, childlike desire, like in the same way that a, a kid wants to be an astronaut or, um, you know, my brother um, had a fascination when he was a kid. He wanted to be a paleontologist, which I don't know, what, <laughs> like anybody from Philadelphia who's a paleontologist, but that's, uh, you know, the, the, the childlike like fascination with a dinosaur or something like that. You know, it was kind of like along that level at first. Um, but unlike other children who had those initial childlike um, dreams or fascinations with what they wanted to do when they grow up, I never grew out of mine. <laughs> I always wanted to be a priest. So um, that just kind of stayed with me um, into my years as a teenager and into high school. I went to Father Judge High School. And I don't think I mentioned I'm from St. Timothy Parish in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia. So some important people who fostered the development of my vocation and my understanding of the priesthood uh, were the priests in my life, the priests who were assigned at my parish. Um, I had some really good um, priestly mentors and um, priests who were influences uh, for me. Um, in addition to the parishioners there, I think they were like the first people to notice the or sense the possibility of a vocation in me um, as an altar boy. Um, at that point, I had already I was already interested in the priesthood, but I think they saw that in me and the way that I and the reverence that I had at serving at the altar and so they encouraged me, um, you know, people would come up to me after mass and say, we really think you would make a good priest. Um, have you ever thought about being a priest? Things like that. And so I was hearing the voice of God in my own heart, but then also in their voices, um, encouraging me along the way. Um, so that was one thing. Um, again, I mentioned the, the influence of the priests at my parish. Um, really around the time that I was starting high school, we um, we got a newly ordained priest at our parish at St. Timothy's, Father John Donia, who was ordained in 2007. And uh, so he arrived at St. Tim's. And at that point, I was pretty involved. I was working in the rectory. I was a sacristan on the weekends. I was still an altar server. And uh, so I was already pretty comfortable and um, active at the parish. But he kind of took what was there and then challenged me and and helped to continue my, um, my activity in the life of the parish. And, um, I learned a great deal from him and he supported me in my discernment to enter the seminary and has been a good, uh, friend and support through all my years in the seminary. So he's, um, on June 20th is going to be my sponsor for ordination. So he'll, he'll vest me in the stolen chasuble at the cathedral on my ordination day. So, very grateful to him and to all the priests, my pastors throughout the years, um, the uh, e even the um, the priests at the seminary and at, in my high school, um, who have just been such great witnesses to the priesthood, um, the priesthood well lived. Um, we've seen throughout the um, the years what can happen when um, a priest is not um, totally devoted and connected to Jesus Christ. And, um, we've seen what happens when that's, when that's the case, but I have, 
I've seen um, so much more in my own life um, of the, the many blessings and fruits of priests who are intimately related to Jesus and um, very strongly connected to him. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And I pray that um, that, that continues in my own life and that, um, that I will be a witness to, to Christ and to his gospel and to his priesthood well-lived and um, celebrated in my own life. So Beautiful, uh, Deacon Lou. Thank you for sharing that, and that's wonderful. So is, is your brother a paleontologist, a paleontologist today? He is. He's actually in uh, Pennypack Park. They discovered a bronchiosaurus. <laughs> so he... <laughs> that is big news. You heard it here on the Vocation Hour. <laughs> breaking news here. So, uh, no, that, that, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and even, you know, what you, what you were saying about, you know, we, we've seen some bad priests and, 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 you know, there, there's, but the priesthood is well lived out. It, it struck me. It, it, I, I was reminded of a homily that Bishop Barron gave recently. It was actually the, the Wednesday before, um, Pentecost. So if you, any of our listeners, if you're able to look it up, it's on word on fire, his daily mass. And he, and he gives a message to the, um, to, to priest based on the, uh, the, the St. Paul leaving um, one of the, uh, one of the churches he helped to find. And he, he talks to the presbyters, the priests there, and he exhorts them to, to always stay united with Christ, that evil is going to attack and, and that you need to, to be resolved. I'm not going to do uh, it justice, but, but if, uh, if anyone's listening out there, especially any of our brother priests out there, um, it's, it's definitely worth uh, looking that up on word on fire and, and hearing those, those very powerful words and, um, and basically, he, he quotes um, who once upon a time was the director of the St. Luke's Institute, which is a place where, where priests, when they get in trouble, they end up going there. Um, and he basically, you know, this Father Rossetti says, anytime a priest it, it has any problems, the problems always start with the priest not praying. Always, that's always the first step when a priest is stopped praying. Not that a priest not praying is automatically going to translate into then he goes out and like kills people or whatever. But you know, like like it's always the, the it's always the slippery slope that's going to lead to a lot of bad things when a priest stops praying. And Bishop Barron uh, highlights that very powerfully. And no doubt the the Father Donia, what, what an a, an incredible example of the priesthood. Um, and and just a real great man of God here. So thanks thanks for saying that, uh, Deacon Lou, uh, Deacon August. Uh, well, your uh, your vocation story. What what has got you to the point of entering the seminary? So, uh, Father, it's funny. Um, you mentioned in the beginning about my uncle and his first mass. I was actually at that first mass uh, in two thousand five, and I was twelve years old, and really around that time, around that same year is when I first started thinking about the priesthood. Um, prior to that year, um, my faith was kind of more like an obligation and um, going to mass was very much like going through the motions. But earlier that year, I became an altar server and um that was kind of the first step on a series of steps uh, towards thinking about the priesthood. So um, I was about 12 years old and um, being able to first serve at the altar for 
um, the first time even, I remember the first time very distinctly, I remember it dawning on me that something important is going on here. Even though I could never articulate what that is, I thought there's something to this um, that's transcendent and, and, and divine. So that was the first step. Uh, the second step was the same year I was going to receive confirmation. And um, around that same time, my uncle was in the seminary and he was actually a transitional deacon. And I was looking for a confirmation sponsor. Oddly enough, he was not my first choice. <laughs> I never think I admitted that to him. So if he's listening right now, um, this would probably be the first time that he would hear it. But uh, I was hoping to have one of my other uncles, but he was uh, not available. So Uncle BJ was my, uh, my backup confirmation sponsor. And uh, he was a deacon at the time and uh, served the mass as a deacon. Um, and I remember being um, uh, really kind of captivated by that. I don't think I saw him serve as a deacon any other time um, except then. Uh, so I thought that was really cool uh, to be able to see my uncle serve as the deacon for the mass for confirmation. And then a few months later, he was ordained a priest uh, at the cathedral by Cardinal Regali. And I had never seen anything quite as awesome as that. Um, and I remember really being um, captivated and taken by that, the, the extravagance of the ceremony, um, the beauty of the rite of ordination. That was something that, um, that I'd really never seen before. And really after that um, and surrounding altar serving my own confirmation, um, the grace of that sacrament too, uh, I felt inspired um, and began to imagine myself as a priest and thinking that I would like to become a priest and, um, and thinking that I would be very happy as a priest. So that's something that stuck with me through the rest of my time in grade school. I went to St. Philip Neary grade school. Um, and even to some extent in my time in high school, and I went to uh, public high school, Plymouth White Marsh, uh, just down the street from the grade school. Um, and I thought even during that time that perhaps eventually I would uh, check out the seminary and uh, enter. Um, but part of me wanted to get some more kind of life experiences. That was something that um, was definitely encouraged by my family. So when it came time to, uh, to choose a college, I was still very hesitant and a little bit nervous about uh, checking out the seminary. So uh, I started looking at other universities and decided to go to Bloomsburg University, which is a state school 
um, on up in upstate PA um, off of I-80. <clears throat> and I went there for two years and I studied history there. I became very involved in the Newman Center there um, and became good friends with the Newman Center chaplain, Father Timothy Marco, who uh, was a, is a priest of the Diocese of Harrisburg and um, began uh, doing little ministry initiatives on my own, um, beginning uh, times for adoration, times for saying the rosary for the chapel, for the, for the uh, Newman Center Chapel. Uh, so I became quite involved in my faith again, um, even to the point of going back to daily mass. Uh, and so I had a little bit more of a, a, a renaissance in my faith. And it was really the first time where I practiced my faith on my own, on my own initiative. And uh, I really um, got into it more and more um, and felt like I was growing closer to God. About halfway through my uh, sophomore year of college, I went on a retreat. And around the same time uh, as I was growing closer in, in my faith, the idea of the priesthood became more and more prevalent in my prayer and just in kind of um, my daily life. And I thought initially, or I was thinking around the same time that maybe when I finish college, I'll teach history for a little bit um, or go into some sort of um, professional, professional career with history. And maybe after that, um, after some travel, after some more experiences, I, I'll try out the seminary. But this idea of the priesthood and imagining myself being a priest and doing things that a priest does uh, really came to the forefront of, of my mind, of my imagination, of my experience, and of my desire. And during that retreat, um, I discerned that I needed to, to take another step and apply to the seminary and really kind of investigate this more. So I went through the application process for the seminary, uh, which was actually a, a great moment of discernment in itself um, and going through the different steps and meeting the different priests and the archbishop um, and talking about what has been going on up until that time period. Um, and after the process was over, I was accepted and, um, and made the leap of faith to, to enter the seminary. And every day and um, every week, every month, every year it's, has been a little leap of faith since then. Um, and all, all the while, um, my, my childhood um, desire to to be a priest has been fostered and it hasn't it hasn't um it has it has been tested i'll say that in a good way um but it hasn't wavered so 
um, thank God, um, many, many of those years at the seminary, um, all of those years at the seminary is, is coming to, coming to fruition, um, and ordination's just a little while away, so. Praise God, uh, uh, Deacon August, and soon-to-be Father August, soon-to-be uh, Father Lewis, it, it, you guys are, are wonderful. It's, uh, I, I have to say, like, to, 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 to have the privileged place of, of being in the vocation office and seeing your, your, your growth through the years, both of you are, are, are started off as great guys, but then, you know, just your, your faithfulness, your, your openness to, to, to the work that was happening at the seminary, you, you guys will both be a, a, a real blessing in the priesthood. So thank you. Thank you so much for your yes. Uh, you are listening to the Vocation Hour. I'm Father Delacy, the host of the show. If you're a man thinking about the priesthood and you want more information or, or you want help, you know, we're, we're not called to discern on our own. That's why there's a whole seminary you know, formation program that's that's all continued discernment and even before going in the seminary my full-time job is to help the the men in a particular way who are called to the priesthood to uh, to to have the tools to make sure that they know how to discern that and then to come up to the determination should they pursue the seminary yes or no so uh you can reach out to me and get details uh at the heed the website uh, one thing to promote, you know, with the with the COVID nineteen and, and all the craziness with all that, even though the Archdiocese of Philadelphia just this weekend will be opening up and masses will be resuming in uh, to fifty percent capacity, so that's very exciting. Again, the obligation is not in place, so if if you're if you're not healthy, if if you're if you're an at risk person, um, if you yourself are not sick, there, there, you know, please do not go to church. Do not feel the obligation. The, Archbishop has has relaxed that, but uh, but you know, for anyone that's healthy and can go, um, you you can go. And most places will continue to live stream the masses. But one of the things that we're doing uh, for Quobatis, just because of the uncertainty of this time, we, we're having a, a predominantly virtual Quobatis. But with the relaxing of uh, of the uh, social distancing, though we will be maintaining those those norms uh, for this period of time. At the end of June, we are having our Quobatis camp. There'll be some times where we gather, but a lot will be done on uh, online and, and especially a lot of small group stuff. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to do an escape the room together in the small groups. Uh, we're going to hear dynamic presentations from seminarians and that type of thing. And I know, uh, uh, you know, Deacon August, you had experienced Covatus in, in, in your time before going into the seminary. Do you mind just giving a, a quick heads up of, of just what your experience of Covatus was and, and maybe a little exhortation to the, to the listeners to have their high school men join join us sure so uh i went to quo Vadis for the first time i was a junior in high school and it was really a a nice experience uh to meet um really other uh catholic guys around the same age as me um who were interested in their faith first of all um, and to to kind of know that there's somebody out out there who is also interested in the faith, just like I was was, uh, and to get to know them, uh, get to meet them, was something that was um, I think very um, supportive um, and an opportunity for us to kind of support one another and um, get to know. Um, kind of what we were going through um, 
just being able to to continue to practice our faith, but also um, in discerning a call to the priesthood. So that was probably one of the um, the first things that was that that was very beneficial to to me to to go there, um, and then an opportunity also to to meet seminarians and meet priests involved in the seminary um, was also and just a chance to kind of um, uh, just get a little bit acclimated with uh, who seminarians are and what they're about and um, know that they're not too different from me um, and they're not all very strange or anything like that. Um, though some of them might be, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's still just an opportunity to kind of clear the air and get to know, um, who these men are. And a lot of them have been through, um, similar difficulties as me or similar challenges, um, and they're human beings and, um, they're doing their best to, um, discern a call and uh, to strive to answer God's call for their life. So all of those um, aspects were uh, really good for discernment. And it was also just kind of a fun time to, um, to spend with one another, um, doing different activities, um, playing sports, a chance to get away and get out of the house. I, I was the old, I, I am the oldest of five kids. So I welcomed that very much to, to kind of, um, uh, get a couple of days away and, um, and, uh, relax a little bit. So it was, it was definitely, um, a stepping stone towards, um, in my discernment and, um, towards, uh, eventually entering the seminary. So I enjoyed it very much. Oh, thank you. And so, you know, for details for Pilates, it's the last week of June uh, this year. It, it won't be getting away. It'll be done predominantly from the person's house. Um, but um, it should be a lot of fun and, and, and the opportunity for making those friendships and connections. It's not for only guys who are discerning the priesthood. It's for any high school guy who wants the skills to come to know what God's plan is for them. You know, the, the goal is not to make every single guy that goes to Pilates a priest, but the goal is that every single guy who goes to Quavatis will be able to discern God's will and, and hopefully be exhorted to, to pursue God's will. So praise God, you're listening to the Vocation Hour, and I'm the host of the show, Father DeLacy. We have two great men of God here who will be ordained priests, and uh, and, and it's very exciting. So we, we, we prayerfully support them now as they prepare for their ordination, and we'll, we'll continue to pray for them uh, after their ordination. Deacon Lou, do you want to talk about your experience going through the seminary and uh, and what are some of the areas of growth that you've kind of seen in yourself during the years of, of seminary training? Yeah, I, um, just I was considering uh, a funny story as Deacon August was just talking about his experience of Quo Vadis. When I was... Um, in high school and getting ready to enter the seminary, I, um, the Quovatis, um, camp was there, but it wasn't as, uh, greatly advertised as it is now. And, um, it wasn't something that I 
had participated in before I had gone into the seminary, but I've had a couple opportunities as a seminarian to go and to, to help facilitate um, the camp in different ways. And um, since it has um, in more recent years moved to uh, it's uh, Quarriesville, right. Mm-hmm. Where they've had it the past couple of years. Uh, Street Center, yep. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of outdoor activities and uh, I'm a city kid. <laughs> so it was not my uh, comfort zone by any means. Um, a, a bunch of the guys uh, last year had making fun of me. They said we were out in the, on the ropes course in the woods and uh, they came up real serious. They said, Deacon Lou, um, you look a little uncomfortable out here in the woods. We found a patch of concrete for you over here by the, <laughs> they said, if you want to stand on that, it might make you feel better. <laughs> so, I, <clears throat> but a lot of, um, All right, so it looks like uh, Deacon Lou has received the call just just as we uh, just in the midst of the show here. I was actually just being called by Father John Donia. Oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome! So that's I'll awesome. catch up with him later. But that was my sponsor for ordination. Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, I, a lot of different ways where I've been challenged um, to to come out of myself uh, to to give more of myself. Um, you know, that was just one, you know, sort of a, a comic story there, you know, about being outside my comfort zone. But I think that's what the priesthood is. I mean, you're, you're, you're constantly needing to engage people um, in your apostolate, in your parish, um, in your ministry, who are different than you, who have a different personality, who, um, you know, think differently. And you need to be a bridge to Jesus Christ for that person. And many times it's not easy. Um, And it requires more of an effort on your part um, to put your own desires, your own preferences aside um, so that this person can encounter Christ through you. And so there have been a lot of opportunities and challenges in the seminary for me to to grow in that. And I by no means perfected it. And I'm going to you know, that's, that's going to be my, my whole life is trying to, to be better at that, um, to allow Christ to, to take the center stage, um, and me just to sort of be a, um, a bridge to him. Um, I remember my first couple of years, I'm, I'm a little more introverted by nature. And so the first two years, I think were, were particularly challenging for me, um, I remember um, being encouraged and challenged to to um, to do do things a little more or less um, uh, typical of me. You know, the, I remember the, the seminary professor saying, "You know, we want you to um, uh, to to get out, to expand your horizon, maybe in, engage people who you normally wouldn't." Um, you know, people who are di- more different than you, um, who, who have uh, different interests, things like that. And so that wasn't easy to do at first, um, as, as someone who was introverted. Um, but it, it, it greatly helped me. And I, I, some of those things come, come much easier to me now. Um, you know, being at the parish and I'm, I'm a little less shy than I was, I think, 
nine years ago when I first walked through the gates of the seminary. Um, so that, I mean, that's just one, one area. The other, um, you mentioned prayer earlier and the importance of prayer in the life of a priest. Um, that's another area where I felt I've grown much more, uh, just my own relationship with God. I remember in high school, um, if I could describe it, I think it was more of a, um, a relationship like creature to creator. Like I loved God and there was more of a, um, focus more on like the majesty of God and, uh, the divinity of God and just being like in all that he is God. And my, my role was to serve him and to love him and to honor him in my life and to do what he asks of me. And those are all good things. Um, and all of that's true. But over my time in the seminary, there, there has been, I've felt him draw me into a more intimate relationship where some of the, those, um, the ways in which I related to him um, changed more. Um, I, I think now I approach God more as, um, again, you talked about earlier in the, in the interview about the importance of having a, a relationship with each member of the Trinity, my own relationship with Jesus um, as a friend, as a brother um, is something that's developed incredibly in the past nine years of the seminary. Um, so it moved from, you know, being in, in awe of God. Again, that's a good thing. And, uh, but he was drawing me to something deeper, something a little less formal and more personal. Um, the way in which we relate to, you know, God, if we're focusing on his majesty, is very different in the way that you relate to him as a friend, as a dear, as a close confidant, and um, as someone who, who knows you very intimately and loves you and desires the greatest good for you. Um, that's all the same God it's contained within the same God, but it's a, those are two very different ways of relating to him. And so I felt him drawing me more out of that, um, that first stage, my relationship with him and into a, a little bit of a less formal and more personal and intimate relationship. And he's not going to stop there. I mean, I don't know where he wants to go next, but um, he's, he's constantly calling us to, to know him more deeply and uh, more intimately. So, yeah, I mean, there's been tremendous growth in that, that area and in, in many different other facets, um, the different areas of formation at the seminary. Praise God. Thank you so much. That was, that was a great reflection. And, and you're, you're, it, you talked about having to kind of like work hard to, to, to kind of be more extroverted in the sense, you know, like uh, that you know, you're more naturally introverted and, and that type of thing. It's yet you're so relatable. Like, like it's, you know, so, somebody wouldn't necessarily interact with you and, and, and think like, Oh yeah, this guy is such an introvert. Not that there's anything wrong with being an introvert. I'm actually an introvert that learned how to be extroverted, but every so often I have to kind of run from people and, and like recharge and like, like, I'm just like, I'm done with people. Like, you know, um, but you know, so it's the, the seminary does help to cultivate that. It, it, the, the seminary I think makes introverts extroverts and then extroverts introverts by teaching them how to, to pray and be quiet and that type of thing. So it's a, it's a neat dynamic that way. Thank you for that. Deacon August, you're a, you're, you know, perception of, of some of the ways that you've grown uh, in your time in the seminary. 
Um, I would also say um, that I've grown in, in prayer. Uh, the seminary is uh, definitely set up um, opportunities to, to grow closer to God over the years um, through spiritual direction and um, how the spiritual director has kind of been able to prompt me to, to see God in different things. Um, through the spirituality year and having the opportunity to make a daily holy hour every day. Um, and through those ways, um, being united um, a little bit more and fostering um, a desire to be united more and more with the person of Christ. So, um, Definitely, uh, the seminary has has put me in a, in situations to to um, grow closer to God, and I have been able to grow closer to Him um, uh, by how the the seminary has um, has um, basically provided those those opportunities. Uh, another way is uh, some actually very similar to something that you mentioned very early on in the show about the mass and um, being able to see a little bit more clearly what the mass truly is um, by what the seminary has taught me um, both in class and by how the seminary celebrates mass. Uh, in our liturgical life um, has changed my life, really, and changed how I approach the Mass. I never really heard before um, that the Mass is um, what it is, that, that it is uh, the perfect worship of the Father through the person of Christ, uh, who the who the priest makes present. So, being able to to hear that and understand that just um, ratified or strengthened those uh, those um, inclinations and um, insights that I had as a child. I remember, remember I, I mentioned that when I first altar served for the first time, I could tell that something important was going on here. Well, now what I, what I first had as an inclination was, um, was being a little bit more fleshed out and um, really being ratified. Um, and I could understand it a little bit more. So to be able to have that understanding of why we do what we do um, has fostered my, uh, my relationship with Christ um, in and through the Mass um, uh, more and more. So that's something that, that I'm really looking forward to, to telling other people what what the mass is uh so that they can 
they can enter into it a little bit more deeply um, and uh, not just see it as an obligation and not just see it as uh, something that I have to do to avoid going to hell, but something that is really an opportunity for encounter uh, with the, the Blessed Trinity um, because it's really their prayer and their, their, um, their act of worship. Um, and that, that's perfect. So it's better than any kind of, of private prayer that we could do on our own at our homes. So, um, so what the seminary has, what has taught me about the mass, um, academically, um, in class, but also in practice in our own liturgical life has greatly fostered, um, my, uh, my own spirituality that way. So, I could probably go on and say more things, but um, those are probably the biggest things, most important things. Well, praise God. Well, the this, this show is flying by here. And uh, so, so uh, we want to hear about what, where, where you guys are, your mindset at this point, uh, just, uh, just uh, you know, at the, the time of the airing of the show, like just two weeks uh, before your ordination. I've not, I'm actually closer to three weeks now. So it'll be on June 20th. It will be streamed from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia uh, website. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so if you've never seen an ordination, treat yourself by, by committing to, to watch the live streaming. Uh, we don't have the details of, you know, with limited seating capacity. Uh, normally we would say like, everyone, please show up and it's going to be wonderful that way. Uh, we'll have to wait on those details because we do not have them at this point in time. But everyone can have access to the ordination of these two men of God. They're being ordained with three other guys. And then if everything works out in the next year, there'll be one more Philadelphian ordained a priest. Um, you know, you know, treat yourself to, uh, to, to plugging into the live stream uh, on, on the archphila.org website uh, on June 20th at, uh, at 10 o'clock. It's definitely worth experiencing. Uh, so guys, what, what and, and I guess we, we we're at the three minutes each for you guys. So time has flown by. So, where are you guys at at this point? You know, you're about to be ordained a priest. What's going through your mind? What are you anticipating that type of thing? I guess we'll go to Deacon Lou first and then Deacon August. Yeah, at this point, it's just um, a great deal of excitement and, um, and gratitude um, on my mind. Uh, just I've been thinking about all the time that's passed since I um, started my journey at the seminary. And, um, and even the time before that, when, you know, the, those early days of discernment at my parish and, um, through high school and in grade school, um, just everything that's happened and all the, all the people who played a part in that, um, just feeling gratitude for them and for, um, for their help and support along the way, um, for my family, for, uh, my, my friends, my priests, mentors, all those people who accompanied me um, and walked with me and the Lord, um, you know, all this way. Um, it's overwhelming to, to just consider that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I can't stress um, 
adequately how thankful I am for, for all of those people. And, and even the people who I really don't even know every now and then, um, I'll get a card in the mail or an email from someone and I have, uh, have no idea who they are, but just something I'm a, Hey, I'm a parishioner at such and such parish. I saw your picture on the vocations poster and, uh, I offered the rosary for you. Um, or, you know, I saw you, um, at the cathedral one time and I've been praying for you, you know, since you've been in the seminary. Um, that, that's like crazy <laughs> when you think about it, how, how magnificent and, um, and awesome that is that all these people, um, are, are united with you in this, in this journey. Um, that's the family of the church. Um, and it's, it's, it's really just, just to think about that gives, gives me chills sometimes, um, how, how much bigger this is than what it seems to be. Um, if you look at it from just one angle. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm filled with, with excitement, um, that this, this part of the journey is coming to completion here and um, that my vocation um, really is just going to be solidified in that moment um, when I'm ordained. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what the future holds, what God has in store for me going forward. Awesome. Deacon Lou, soon, soon to be Father Lou, this is exciting. And uh, just a, a week and a half ago in, in anticipation of this weekend's reopening, uh, the, the the parish at St. Bridget's, uh, Father Tagliani, called a, a a meeting with some key leaders. One of the parishioners asked me to get send you a message. She refers to it, your, herself as your spiritual grandmother, and that you know she, I think she met you at a daily mass at St. Bridget's and has been praying you ever since then, or saw your poster or whatever. But you know, so the, the, that's such a real thing, and she asked me to mention that to you. So so what what a good opportunity to to do that. Uh, so Deacon August, uh, what's uh, what's going through your mind? You're standing down ordination to the priesthood. Uh, what's going on? So uh, a lot of things. Uh, I would I would also say um, what Lou said is uh, very. I'm very grateful also to um, for my time in the seminary and what the seminary has given to me, um, and grateful for the many. Um, mentors that I've had um, in the priesthood over the last few years uh, leading up to this moment. Um, and, and really humbled and astounded that I'm, I'm actually approaching this, this sacrament. And I can, I almost can't believe it. Um, so I'm, I'm praying for the grace to, to really, um, to believe it and to to receive it in a full way, um, and and receive all of the uh, the graces accompanied with it uh, as um, as well as I can. Um, one thing that I also I would add is um, the opportunity to be a deacon um, and um, to preach and to teach and um, to do some, um, some liturgical things like baptisms and things like that, that has been far more rewarding than I ever imagined it to be. Hmm. So I'm kind of with 
with uh, with uh, some humility as, as much as I as I as humble as I can be, um, expecting that um, for as much as I have imagined the priesthood throughout my whole life and imagine myself being a priest and imagining myself being happy as a priest. Um, the, the rewards I think are even greater than we imagined as, as Lou kind of hinted to, um, the, the extent of the, the family of the church and how good the people are to us, that alone has been greater than I could have imagined. So, the, the, the connection that we'll have with the people of God and um, the new newfound re- relationship and um, re- re- relationality, uh, if I could use that word, that we'll have um, with God as his priest. Um, I mean, it's pretty extraordinary to think about. So, so um, um, I'm excited that way too. Um, a little bit nervous, I'll admit. <laughs> a little bit nervous uh, at the uh, at the prospect of you know we're going into um, uh, a new life with um, a new way of living and different challenges. And I've imagined those things too, and how I might overcome them. But I think that the uh, the, the graces that God will give us, the God, that God will give us, um, will definitely outweigh the uh, the um, the challenges that we have, or He'll give us the the grace to overcome um, any challenges and difficulties we have. So that's all. Outstanding. Well, uh, soon to be Father Monaco and soon to be Father Taglinetti coming to a parish near you. This is this is so exciting. Thank you both for a. For your yes and the gift of your priesthood to be ordained on June 20th and so uh what a what a blessing this is so let's close with a quick prayer in the father and of the son and the holy spirit amen lord we thank you for the call of these two men and we ask that you help those who are being called to the priesthood religious life to married life to missionary work that they you give them the, the grace to answer those calls and we ask this all through christ our lord amen in the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys, and, and thanks for listening. Have a, great, have a great month, and we'll see you back in July. God bless you, Father. Thank you. Thanks, Father. Searched for you What took me so long I was looking outside As if love would ever want to hide I'm finding I was wrong Cause I can feel
You waited for me, I searched for you. What took me so long? I was looking outside. 